Deacon Sam Habibi, how are you? Pretty good. How are you? Did I? I'm good. Did, did I get your name right? Yes. Habibi? Yes, that's right. Okay. Now, you are one of the permanent deacons here at St. Bart's, right? Yes. Yes, I am. You've been here for how long now? Well, as a deacon, I've been here six months, but uh, in the parish, it's been over probably, I would say, uh, 12 years. You know, it's funny. I was uh, about to welcome you onto the show, but at the same time, we're here at St. Bart's doing the interview. So it's like, you should be welcoming <laughs> me or I should be welcoming you. Or <laughs> but either way, welcome. And it's good to be Thank here you. as well. Now, I understand you didn't grow up here in the United States. Uh, no, I, I was not. I uh, Actually, I grew up in Iran. Um, I was born there. I was born in Tehran, the capital, uh, until I was 17. Then I came and uh, uh, came to study, came to stay um, back in 1986. I was, I was 17 years old. You're a permanent deacon now, but did you grow up Catholic? No, I did not. I, I grew up as a Shia Muslim, a Muslim uh, in Iran. You know, it's, uh, it's the majority religion. Okay. So naturally, when I was growing up, my parents were Shiite. My uh, grandfather was, and uh, uh, they put it on my, you know, ID that yeah, he's you know, on my birth certificate. He's also a Shia Muslim. Over there, you have to declare your birth certificate. So yes. Oh, it's on your. It's there as well. Uh, correct. Okay. And then you said you came here to the United States um, when you were seventeen. Now, in between that time, were were you devout Shiite Muslim? I don't know. There were times that I was devout, but most of the times I kind of was, uh, you know, you would, as a student, college students, you know, sometimes you, f so to speak, fall off the wagon. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, but I tried to pray, you know, and I tried to do my best to stick to it. But yeah, there were times that I did not. But altogether, you know, I had a, a certain sense of faith. Uh huh. I would say sense of faith because it was misgiven at parts. I didn't know what to do or I didn't know better. But yet again, I believed in the same God that I believe now. Mm -hmm. Now your parents, were they devout as well? No, they were not. They were not. Okay. So it was mostly by name that you, you were... Correct. It was by name, but my grandparents were all practicing. Mm -hmm. My grandfather, as a matter of fact, he had uh, degrees in uh, Islamic theology. Oh, okay. And uh, he was very, I guess, well-educated, uh, had many de doctorates and, you know, like whatever, masters and stuff like that. For back then, it was pretty impressive. Uh, but at the same time, you know, uh, he did not, they did not force it upon us. Okay. But I went to school that was uh, basically an Islamic school uh -huh. because academically they were very good. And that's when I learned to practice and for the first time, how to pray. Mm -hmm. And I became really conscious about praying and uh, being more, I would say, devout to the, uh -huh. to the faith. And I actually started uh, studying theology in depth. Was this in high school or in college already? Started in sixth grade. Okay. Sixth grade all the way to 11th grade. Okay. So you have a very good background in, Correct. in, in the faith. Deep theology, deep, you know, Muslim theology. Mm -hmm. and I know Islamic Quran of like verses and uh, memory very well, quite a bit of them. So by the time you came here to the United States, you were you were well versed. Correct, yeah. correct. It wasn't like the, as far as the theology goes. Yes, I was at least uh, Shia theology and somewhat Sunni also. Okay, what's what's the difference? Uh, the difference it comes down to the uh, I would say um, who took over after Muhammad left. Mm. Shia believed that Ali should have, which is you know uh, Muhammad's uh, cousin. 
and his uh, family, you know, like uh, children. But uh, uh, Sony says no. It was based on kind of like something like uh, uh, what we say is democracy. So people should choose. Okay. And they chose their Khalifa, which is which was the uh, basically the leader, and that's that. So when you came here to the United States, you said your education brought you here. Well, education at the time, Iran was going through a lot of turmoil. We had a revolution back in 1979. And then uh, right after that, within a year, we had war with Iraq. Okay. And 1986, we had had the war going on for six years. There was no end inside. We started when I was in, uh, we had just started sixth grade. Uh-huh. And I was going into 12th grade, and there was no way of ending the war at the time. Nobody thought it was going to ever end. Oh, wow. So now I was very ripe. That year was the last year. If I didn't get into uh, you know, university, I would have gone to the war. And it wasn't like the wars that, let's say, Americans are well-equipped and everything. We were poorly equipped. They would go by numbers. I don't know if you've seen those, you know, like— uh, uh, I guess the best way I put it is like uh, the uh, Civil War. Charge, you know, everybody is running. Uh-huh. It was the same thing. You oh, see wow. a bunch of people. Trench warfare. No, okay. First World War, very much the same. Okay, so very so, brutal. Very brutal. So there were many people coming, but the best was you would have PTSD. So my oh, parents wow. were not very happy about it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why you wanted to leave the country because you wanted to escape that, not, the war. And, well, not so much me, my parents. mm my parents were the driving force, especially my mother. Uh-huh. We had a little, I don't know if I have said that before, but anyways, we had a little discussion. And I had thought about this, that would I be able to shoot someone or kill someone? Mm-hmm. I thought about it because that was becoming reality. Yeah. So I realized I can't yeah. because I had a hard time shooting even animals, you know? Uh-huh. So I'm just thinking to myself, well, I'm not going to do that. So we're just sitting and I don't remember what the topic was. My mother brought it. No, no, I think my mother was listening also. And I said, well, if I am then coming face to face with someone, let's say next year when I get drafted, if I come face to face, I probably let them shoot me. And they're looking at me like, why? <laughs> and my mom was listening on the conversation. I said, well, because, you know, I know my mom would be sad, but whoever I kill, they have children also. They have family. Yeah. I can't have that on me. I can't live like that. Uh-huh. That was me. And yeah. she knows me. She, of course, my dad comes home that night. She, he says, you have the chance to send him out of here. If you don't, it's on you. Oh, boy. That's the first time I've seen my dad <laughs> goes like, whoa. <laughs> and I, I suppose during that time, there was no, you know, that type of thing where the conscientious objector where you can just say, no, I'm not going to get involved in the, the war because I don't want to kill anyone. They're just going to send you anyway, huh? Correct. They, okay. Actually, the more you do that, the worse it gets. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they. So what did you do? You decided to apply to universities here in the United States? Was well, that actually, what it was? I hadn't finished my uh, 12th grade yet. Oh, okay. So my parents, they took me to United Arab Emirates. You know, that my dad could take me out because he was actually at the time uh, working over there. Okay. So he took me there and I was there for summer and uh, it took me a while to get visa student visa to come over here, mm-hmm. uh, finished high school in Eno, Oklahoma. <laughs> oh, that must have been difficult. Your senior year in, in in a completely different country, completely different culture. It was hard at the beginning, uh-huh. but not really. I mean, really? after a while you start, it's much easier. People are much more accepting. 
Mm. You know, you're not even accepted in your own country. Oh, really? Back then I was not. Why is that? I, I had to lie. I did not accept the things that the government said, like the propaganda again, you know, like uh, about war, uh -huh. holy war. Like uh -huh. you die in war, when you kill someone, it's okay. Uh -huh. uh, those things, it just to me didn't make sense. I, I, I don't know. I had a, a personal relationship with a God that said that was not okay. Mm -hmm. And that was just me. Because I know most of the people I talked to, they did not understand that. So there was kind of like, uh, I guess, the tyranny of the masses. So because the reason I say that is that like 70% maybe of the people were, were okay with this. They would even participate in that. Maybe 40% will force you to do this. Would, mm -hmm. you know, say, you know, it's, it's the war. We, got, we got to do this. We got to kill someone who is, you know, against the war or against, you know, like the government. I couldn't live with that. I had a problem with that. So I guess I don't, I, I hope I make sense. Yeah, it's your, your conscience. That's yeah, what my it conscience. is. Yeah. Correct. That's right. So when that, when that happened, you, you had moved to Oklahoma. Right. Why Oklahoma of all places? A friend of my father went to Vance Air Force Base for his, uh, I guess, training. Uh, he was a pilot, F-5 pilot. Okay. After he was finished, he, was, he, was, uh, he went back to Iran, Iran, and he had an accident with his jet, and he got to a point, he's like, I can't fly again. Uh -huh. He left, he came back to Oklahoma, where he knew. <laughs> you know, Oklahoma, he had friends. Uh -huh. He started a business there, and then he loved it. He, lo he loved the charm, small city. Mm -hmm. He raised a family, and uh, he told my dad this is a good place to, you know, for him to be able to come and be away from all the things that big cities, you know, all the, all the distractions. Yes, yes. So he can finish high school, and then there are good universities in here. He can go to, or he can choose other universities. He's, uh, I got to add, I was, I was a little bit of a nerd. <laughs> so uh -huh. I had good grades and everything. I was, so they, they thought it was a good investment, my parents. So you came alone. By myself, yes. Okay, and and so you adapted alone. You didn't have your family with you, just um, just that friend of your dad. Correct, and uh, he wasn't just a friend. You know, his family were very close to so us. So he was practically an uncle to you. Very much. Yeah. I called him uncle, as a matter of fact. Okay, so he, you stayed with him until you got into. Well, yeah, he was very nice. Yeah, he actually had a bunch of apartments. He opened, you know, he just uh, uh, furnished one for me. Mm -hmm. And his uh, his nephew was also a good friend of, you know, my father. And he was just like a big, uh, bigger brother to me. He still is, as I owe him a lot. So that's good. You had, uh, you had at least a support structure there Correct. when you came in. Correct. Now, at what point did you, you know, because... You're not still Muslim now. So what point did you... Well, actually, I was a Muslim back. I mean, uh, now. I, oh, yeah, of course, of course. That's right. <laughs> so at what point did you start to, you know, explore, you know, Christianity or Catholicism? I think my first um, true, I would say, introduction was when I had just met this wonderful woman that now is my wife. And she was a very shy Maybe not shy. I would say her beautiful smile was shy to me, but uh, I had just met her and uh, we decided to take a trip, me, her, my friend and her girlfriend, whatever, we'll go to Dallas. Uh -huh. So we go there and then they decided, it's Sunday, we got to go to church. I'm like, oh, sure, anything for you. So we go to church and I get in and I'm like, okay, this is different. I've been into church once in Enid back when I was, when we came for visits, 78, very uh -huh. different. 
I had no idea what the differences are. Like if, if I did a go, if I did go to a Catholic church back, uh, church back then, I do not know. I don't think so. So I, I realized, wow, there's a lot of sitting and you bend, you know, and you kneel and everything. <laughs> Kneeling this and standing is, this and is sitting. Different. You're right. <laughs> and then I realized I don't understand what they're saying. Half the things they're saying, I, my English is pretty good, but uh-huh. I don't know what what, they're, what are they talking about. You know, <laughs> it was foreign to me. How old were you at this point? Were you still in college? Or? I was 21. Okay. I was 21 years old. Yes, I was in college. You were in college. You you met this girl, and she you went to you went to church together. So at that point, what was going through your head? What was your what was your um, what was your understanding or your opinion of you know Christianity and Catholicism in general before you know you came to the United States? I had a very I had a high regard. I held a high, high regard for. Uh, our Lord Jesus Christ, but not as our Lord Jesus Christ, as a prophet. Mm. And to be quite honest, I actually taught him more highly than Muhammad. Really? Even as a Muslim. Even as a Muslim. Yes. I could not verbalize it, but that was back behind my, no, back on my conscience. Uh, of course, I wouldn't admit it. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Otherwise, I, I, I assume that it would be uh, a heresy Yes. For, for a Muslim well, to say that. Correct. I would think... I would get chastised for it. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that would be the minimal. That would be the least. But regardless, so that was my, I guess, understanding. Then uh, when I went to church, however, Trinity is heretical for us. Mm. And for the longest time, I was holding to the concept of being one God is that one person, God the Father, not even called Father, but God the Creator, uh-huh. God the Merciful Creator. That was my belief and it still is but understanding of god has changed for a muslim jesus is a prophet correct they recognize him as a prophet and nothing more than a prophet right okay but not on on par with uh, we have five major prophets we call them messengers okay the rest are kind of fill in <laughs> they are also prophets they call them 124,000 no oh, okay of course, I'm not going to go into the theology of it. Mm-hmm. Just a little background so that we understand how mm-hmm. I was regarding Jesus as high as I did. Uh, so we start with Noah, Abraham, Moses, Jesus, and Muhammad. So they're the highest among all of the... Correct. And, the, the, and they're ones that they're believed to have books. Mm. Okay. So at this point, you walk into the church. You don't understand what's happening. Does it? Do you, does your idea of it just kind of go to the background or do you like explore it a little more? Do you know, at one point, I think I was kind of like hungry, I remember, but besides that, I, I, it was interesting to me. I was, um, I was lost, let's just say that. Uh, that was probably the worst way you could, you could be introduced. Not knowing anything, you go somewhere, you don't appreciate it, you don't uh-huh. know what's going on. So I don't remember much besides following everybody and kneeling and, you know, I just don't know what I'm doing. Kind of just... Whatever everyone else is doing, that's what I'm going to do. Right. They stand up, they sit down, they kneel, they... But aside from that, you had no understanding. No, I did not. Whatsoever. I did not. And and, and let's say that I had got into an argument with my uh, back then girlfriend. Uh Uh-huh. And we had had already kind of decided, okay, well, you know, we'll leave it at that. But it was a small, not even an argument, just a small talk. Later on, we got into argument. Later on, we did... And at some point we said, okay, let's leave it at that, that we don't want to fight over it. You know, let's just, if we pray, we pray together to God. That's it. Uh-huh. Oh, about religion. 
Correct. Exactly. Your Correct. argument was over. Is she a devout Catholic at that point in her life? At that point, yes. Well, as a matter of fact, I, I would say she's a cradle Catholic. She uh, maybe I shouldn't say much. This is her, you know, whatever. I guess <laughs> her I story. Say her yeah. story. I mean, she's beautiful. It's a beautiful sp- story. I guess up to the point she met me, then it's her decision. <laughs> <laughs> but she was but, cradle correct. Catholic. Devout. And she grew up with uh, my mother-in-law. That I would. I told her one time I credit her with me being a Catholic because mm. she raised you. Ah, <laughs> you said you had an uh, an argument with your girlfriend at that at that time, and you'd argue over religion. You said we just put it, leave it at that. How long did that last? Did that long last for a long time, or did you eventually have to go back to it? No, we had. No, we didn't have. We didn't have arguments. Mm-hmm. I went to church with her. I oh. did go to church with her, okay. not all the time, but mm-hmm. at times, yeah. Let's go. I did. Okay. Out of respect for her and her beliefs. Correct. And I prayed and she let me go ahead to my corner and pray. Okay. At what point did you, you know, start to think about, hey, you know, maybe I should convert? About 2010. <laughs> That's about... What made, what made you think about that? <laughs> oh. What was the first thought of you converting? Back in 2008, I was in the hospital. I have Crohn's colitis, which is a, it's, it's, it's a GI condition. And mine was really bad. It was so bad that I was in the hospital for about 28 days. Oh, wow. They were thinking about, you know, like having colonectomy and stuff. So <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. It was that bad. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I decided to, uh, I had my conversion then. I guess we can come back to that because this is a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, but that's when I started actually kind of like going back and having a little bit closer encounter with God. And I told myself, when I get out of here, I'm going to start reading Quran from the beginning to end for the second time. Mm. Now, I had been reading Quran in parts. The parts uh-huh. that they would tell us, you know, okay, that, you know, okay, this teaching, here it is, what you got to read. And I would do that and also the stories and the theology. But then I decided, you know, for myself, let me read it. I'm going to read it in both languages in Arabic, which my Arabic was at the time 70% our understanding of it. Uh-huh. The rest I would read also in Persian, so I could be, you know, like, oh, oh we can put, in, you know, fill in this in a yes in the blanks. I did. And this second time, I saw things that I hadn't seen before. Mm. I'm just not going to be a Muslim bashing. Oh <laughs> so uh, yeah, but there were things that. that you didn't agree with. Correct, but okay. I think it had a lot to do with the fact that I'd been going at this point, and I've been reading uh, Bible. I've been reading at least excerpts of the Bible that are in the Mass. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I guess I would say the ability now to compare the two, mm-hmm. understand the two, understand the, the way God is viewed in both. And the vision of God that was in Christianity was the one that actually concurred with my vision. Mm. Okay. God the Father. I'm not talking about that. was the vision that I, I, it was very, I would say, Appealing to me, not just appealing. That's the God I came to, I had come to believe throughout my life. Mm. So this is the, throughout your life, even as a Muslim, you, you had an understanding of God. And when you were introduced to Christianity, to Catholicism, it kind of was like, oh, that's the God that I understand. You're right. That's the way I see you God. You are right on. That okay. was what was in my heart. I see. So it, it, um, So you start studying, I suppose you start studying the Bible even more then. 
Yeah, I started going to church very much adamantly, taking my kids to the CC class, as they call it, Generations of Faith. And at this time, I'm in Saint Edith, uh, I was in St. Edith Stein. Oh, so you were already married before you... Oh, yeah, 17 years. Before you even converted. Oh, wow. I was married for 17 years. Oh, wow. Let's rewind then. So when you, <laughs> so when you and your wife decided to get married, did the discussion of religion pop in, I would assume that both families would have right. some issues with that. First of all, my wife said we got, we got married in uh, Stillwater in, uh, in court, in the court, okay. uh, Stillwater uh, Municipal Court. And then she said, well, we got to get married to a church also. And I'm like, oh, why? And she's like, because I'm a Catholic. Good enough for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so how do we raise the children? And she's like, well, I guess we're going to teach them both. So I go meet with Father Micus in, uh, in Enid, Oklahoma at this mm-hmm. point. We decided to get married there because now her bar- brother-in-law was also stationed in Enid as an uh, Air Force officer. Uh-huh. So my in-laws were there too. And I'm like, well, that's perfect. It's like it's perfect storm. Everybody is in one little yeah. city, right? <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> what parish was this? Uh, St. Uh, Francis Xavier, mm-hmm. Xavier in Enid. So I'm like, okay, we'll go meet with Father Micah. So we go there. He was a nice guy, nicest guy. We sit down, we talk. Then he gets to this point and says, well, and you promised to raise your children as Catholic. And I'm like, how can I do that? I'm a Muslim. <laughs> I don't even know. Uh-huh. But uh, I said, okay, <laughs> anything for her. Uh-huh. And uh, we went also to pre, you know, like uh, I guess uh, all these things that they had, and so we got married. Mm-hmm. Uh, so did you get the, the the whole dispensation thing? Is that how it yes, went? Okay. Yes. At the, at the time, I didn't know what it was. Now I know because I had to read and you know, study canon law, uh-huh. take tests on it. Hardest course. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I know why I'm not a lawyer. So uh, fast forward, we got married. Uh-huh. And uh, two weeks after my first one was born, she was baptized. Uh-huh. And I remember taking her to, you know, there to church. It was a beautiful experience. And they asked me, I said, yeah, baptism is not against Islam. There's nothing against it. Uh-huh. So we baptized my child. And um, we also baptized, well, I thought it was not. Now I know it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> but then we also, one at a time, all our children, as soon as we could, we did baptize them. Now, did your family have any issues with that? No, not that they would tell me. Okay. They did not say anything. So even when you got married, they didn't say anything? Well, they did tell me because they thought it was too early. Mm. And I told them, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're too young, you know, see see the world a little more. Maybe you'll meet somebody else, that type of thing, huh? Yeah, but I said, I know, but she's the one. Yeah. And you knew that. So you, yes. you, you got married, you had kids, you, you, they're all baptized, and yet you're, you're still... You're still a Muslim. Right. And then you said that you started to you started to study a little more. Correct. I did a study uh, in terms of just going to the, uh, oh, two or three things. Uh, I'll back up uh, in Oklahoma. This was five, it was probably the first five years of our marriage. We were in Oklahoma. Yeah, first five years. Uh, it's a good estimation. And uh, I had a job over there. Uh, it was a very good job, but you know, Oklahoma is a small, no, Tulsa is a small city. Mm-hmm. So when I started, you know, doing some search and interviews, uh, there was something open in uh, Houston. At the time, my in-laws were here, so we decided to come over here. 
it was more like me pulling, it's like, let's go. So my wife said, cave in. But being in Oklahoma at the same time, I uh, I remember I started going to, there was something to call it a small faith group. There were, you know, these, uh, I, was, I would say families would get together Wednesday nights. At mm-hmm. first I was just babysitting. Then I started going with Millie, my wife. And it was beautiful. I started knowing everybody, being friends with them. And, and then all, you always discuss the readings and all kinds of things. And then we also went to, like, uh, you know, I started teaching fa- uh, natural family planning, started practicing natural family planning. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, just about, I guess I would say three years into our marriage. Because okay. that's when we found out, my wife comes and says, there's this thing. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so we started doing that. And she was, she could teach, but I could not, because I was still a Muslim. I could not, you know, say yes to certain things. We were in couple to couple league. And then we had also, uh, marriage encounter something like that it was with the couples it was very beautiful so we had all these friends that were all catholics uh-huh sometimes they wouldn't they wouldn't believe that i'm not a catholic oh uh, but really I, yeah but i'm like still praying as a muslim uh-huh and i'm praying even in my cubicle which was very hard for me i knew people were piercing eyes were behind me or whatever mm. i'm i'm the kind of guy as I, you heard my homily mm-hmm. care about what other people think uh-huh or i used to I still do, but anyways, more so back then, but I still, I prayed right after, you know, I would come back right before I know I start work at 12 something, I would be praying, Uh fasting, but you know, we come here to Oklahoma, from Oklahoma, we come here, as I said, uh, these guys were so nice. They came in the morning, packed us up, cleaned the house. They even put us up somewhere else because the house was empty pretty much. They said, Uh we'll take care of you. I didn't almost didn't want to leave at that time at that point. <laughs> so when I came here, the first thing I, had t- I, t- I thought I did was I looked for a parish. I mm. knew that was important to us, not just my my wife, because I knew you could find real people, friends in a parish. Now you said that you were taking you know your 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 kids to the Catholic Church. They had them baptized and everything. Did you do the same, you know, um, as a Muslim taking them to? you know, to the, the temples or anything like that, or to the mosques, excuse me? I did not. I went to mosque all my years, maybe two or three times. Mm-hmm. And I did go once because it's like Shia mosque is kind of different. And I didn't like to go. Most of them were affiliated with the Iranian government. Uh huh. I just can't, you know, uh, they're very judgmental. Mm-hmm. Then Sunni also, I didn't like, I'm sitting over there and they're talking about the, against the Americans. And I was just thinking, they're your, you're their guest. They're very nice to you. What is that? What's mm-hmm. going on? I didn't like to go back. Okay, so it was. Uh, it wasn't necessarily the um, that you didn't believe. It was more of the ideologies, in in terms of uh, correct the, the approach approach. Yes, to correct. to the faith. And I'm not. A, faith. I'm not alone. There are a lot mm-hmm. of us in here. A lot of uh, not us back then. Back then, Muslims that they're good people. Mm-hmm. And they're they, faithful Muslims, but the, correct, the but politics. They, not not just in. politics, there are certain things in Islam they do not abide by. Mm, okay. Okay. So at this point, you're practically living a Catholic life, but you're praying as a Muslim. You hit it right on. <laughs> you hit it right on. Yes. So at what point do you say, um, hmm, maybe I should start looking into converting? I am driving back from that CCE classes, which they call the gener- generations of faith. Uh-huh. Going back to that point, I, I knew we were going to go there. And my oldest daughter, my youngest daughter was with my, my uh, wife. And she's at the time four years, three years old. So my wife was babysitting. 
So I have them in that class. We're going back. And my daughter is really kind of like asking me very much like a pointed question. She goes, so dad, what do you consider yourself? And I'm thinking, first of all, I know where this is leading. Mm, so why yeah. do you take us to CC if you're a Muslim? <laughs> yeah. I thought about it. I'm like, wait a second. That was the first time I had to think about it really hard. And I told her, you know, I'm more of a Christian than Muslim. Besides praying as a Muslim mm -hmm. and having a hard time sometimes with Trinity, I'm not a good Muslim. I'm not a Muslim. Uh -huh. She looked at me and said, because I know what it takes to be a good Muslim. Uh -huh. Because as a Catholic, you can't be Catholic and go check mark. I went to my mass every week, but that's just a check mark. It's not being a Catholic. I'm going to stop at that. As I said, I don't want to take an eternity into <laughs> into a Muslim bashing. Feed. Yes, yeah, exactly. No, it's not about that. Yeah, yeah. And, but did and, you uh, have any friends that were Muslim at the time? Most of my friends, especially in the city. Yes. Okay. Yeah, most of my. So it's uh, not like you were separated friends. from other Muslim people. No, no, no. no. We were, okay. we were. You know, I had Muslim friends that we did talk about it and everything else. But I had started kind of like having my doubts. You know, like mm -hmm. not just doubts. I had serious uh, flaws in it, and I could not agree with them. Did you have any friends that converted before you did? No. No. Okay. I was, I was, so it's not like you followed somebody. You, I, this I was a, your own thing. I had a friend that had, con, you know, he was a Christian when I met him. Uh-huh. And that was like uh, about 20 years early, earlier. Mm -hmm. so, well, let me see. Let me take that back. At that time, well, I don't know. It was, it was earlier, much earlier than that. Uh, I actually, I remember the way I felt about him. Like, what is wrong with you? And mm. that's the way I thought all the other people would think about me. And I was, I, was, I was correct. They did. So when you were young, that's how you would look at people who converted. Correct. It, to Christianity from Islam, that there's something wrong with them. That, that's right. That, that maybe they didn't, they didn't know their faith well enough or something like that. Or even more than that. Mm. Some psycholog psychological issues. Okay. You come to this realization that you're you're more Christian than Muslim. What steps do you take? Do you, do you look into the RCIA process? It's funny, me being me at that time, uh, no, I did not. But I told my daughter, as a matter of fact, I'm thinking about it. Mm. Don't tell your mom yet, she will get her, her hopes up. <laughs> Next thing I know is my wife is talking to me. <laughs> she couldn't hold. So she, you could trust her all the time. This, this is one time that she just couldn't hold herself back. Uh -huh. And I think maybe it wasn't her. Maybe it was my other two in the back. In the back seat. listening in. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I, hey, dad's <laughs> thinking about converting. <laughs> so she brings it up and I'm like, yeah, I'm serious. And I see her eyes are like, I told you so, but she doesn't say anything. She knows better. Uh -huh. <laughs> And she goes, okay. I said, well, I'll, I'll bring it up. I'll think about it. And, you know, she knows if it is up to me, I'm not going to do that. Next thing I know is Chris, the uh, director of the liturgy from St. Edith Stein calling me. Hey, yeah, <laughs> your wife called me. Uh, do you want to have an appointment? I was like, come on. I told you not to. <laughs> oh, so she took the first steps before yes. you did. Thank God oh, she did. That's hilarious. Because <laughs> she knew that you were, you were just going <laughs> to sit with it and, you know, like, put it on the back burner and yeah, I'll get to it. I'll, I'll, I'll yes. eventually convert <laughs> because you're practically living the life already. You're going to church, you're bringing your kids to CCE Correct. and everything like that. So, but so I, I think it was the right thing because now I understand she didn't want me to die per se. Anything can happen mm -hmm. as a Muslim. 
but be that willing person that wants to be a Catholic or whatever. But God is going to ask you, why didn't you take this last step? <laughs> you were her. right there, you know, at, at the finish line, You're just a little more, right? And it's on me. So she knew that. It's like, no, it's on me. I got to push him. <laughs> That's hilarious. Did you? How long were you married at this point? 17 years. 17 years. So had... Did she say anything to you at that point? Like, oh my gosh, for 17 years, I've been hoping or praying that you It was in her eyes. <laughs> she, <laughs> so you knew already. No. It was, it, was, it was an array of, I would say, emotions, jubilance, mm. I would say the first thing, but then also I told you so, and also let's do this. <laughs> uh, all, that, all that together. All in one, you could tell. And she's, she doesn't talk much, but she's more of an action type. So you start the the RCIA process. What was that like for you? Actually, I didn't start it yet. No, you didn't? No, because it's kind of interesting. They send me, I talked to Chris. She goes, oh, okay, why don't you go to this kind of like fact-finding, kind of finding kind of uh, Tuesday nights that we have. People who want to convert, they go there. Okay. I was like, oh, okay. And then meanwhile, uh, I'll set you an appointment, set an appointment with you for October 24th. I'm like, so fair enough, you know, this is September, okay? Okay. And that was like 7 p.m. October. So I sit down. Uh, I told Millie, and it's like, okay, I'm going to go to these, you know, sessions. So I go to the sessions. Then I realize I'm here to convert. These people are fighting. They don't want to convert. Oh. <laughs> so this is like an introductory step. Right. And they're like trying to find out. And I'm like, no. And, and then I realize I know a little bit more than in some areas, more than the kid that is trying to tell them. Uh-huh. Because apparently I've been going to Bible studies at this point, and I know more mm -hmm. in some things. But in some other stuff, I didn't, of course. So you're like, I've, I'm already bought in to this. I don't right. need this meeting. Let, let, let me move forward with but the I, process. But I, but I did go. Mm -hmm. I did not lose interest. I did go, and I took notes. And I actually talked to the guy that was in charge. There were two people. One was helping him. The other one was, he actually was in seminary in Philippines before he decided, okay, maybe vocation of marriage is for me rather okay. than so nice guy i talk to him more kind of like i'm private five ten minutes or so ask mm -hmm. him questions but more like okay when how you know things like that <laughs> uh -huh. until i met chris and we were supposed to be 30 minutes uh we ended up talking for three hours oh wow yeah so i guess i don't know what i all i discussed with her but we did talk a lot about theology Mm -hmm. It ended up being that way. Discuss mm -hmm. things, especially Trinity. Told her I have problem with Trinity, but it's uh -huh. more like I'm trying to grasp it. And I don't know what her answer was, but it was something like, and I remember what Father, uh, you know, Father Burris told me was like Father Bob. Listen, you have this itty bitty brain. You know, like you can never grasp complexity of Trinity and how God works. Mm -hmm. But just look at Bible. Just read Bible. Mm -hmm. and he was right. After I read, read, even in Quran, I found it. I'm not going to even go there because, as I said, it's not about that. Yeah. But yeah, even then I found it. Actually, Quran led me there. Mm. Reading Quran. Yeah. So knowing knowing both, mm -hmm. being, you know, knowing the book knowledge of both kind of led you to understand it. Old Testament with Islam and then move into New Testament. Mm. Right. That's, so that was the big hurdle for you. It was a big hurdle. 17 year hurdle. Mm. Yeah. So at, at what point did you say, okay, this is really 100% happening? Was it even before that, those meetings or? It was before I met Chris. Mm -hmm. It was before okay. those meetings. It was really when I was talking to my daughter, when I okay. talked to my wife. 
that was like, I'm not, there's no going back. I remember it's kind of funny now that I think about it, I have no idea. But at the time, you know, I was praying, even then I was praying as a Muslim. Cause I said, that's my connection to God. Mm-hmm. In the morning I prayed as a Muslim, but then I'm like, I'm not going to. So I'm in Phoenicia with my wife and she goes, oh, we're late, we gotta go. Mm, no, no, you're gonna, the time. And I'm like, well, I'm not praying. She looked at me, I was like, no, I'll be praying with you at tonight. She goes like, oh, I said, there's no reason for that. I'm not a Muslim. Mm. She kind of looked at me, she smiled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's like, you're catching on. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was pretty much the 100% right there. Okay. But I'd also felt like an 800 gorilla was off my back. Really? I'm not kidding. That was the time all of a sudden I wasn't hot anymore. I don't know what happened. It was like some cool and calm just came over me. So like a, a bit of peace for you. No, it was peace until then I did not have it. Oh, wow. Not at all. No, because I was still holding. You were struggling with it. Until then, yes. Even oh. though I had said yes. Wow. Now you, you go through the process of RCIA and that's pretty smooth, I assume, since you were already you know, completely bought in. Correct. As a matter of fact, it was kind of funny because I, I'm not going to say I knew more than people that were there, but yes, I did. You had an but understanding. Because, because I was, when I was in mass, I loved it. I did not go to mass just, okay, an obligation. My wife would be mad at me. Well, I did that kind of because I had to give up, you know, watching Dallas Cowboys. Uh-huh. Sorry to all the Texans, Texans fans. fans. <laughs> there was no Texans back then. <laughs> so... I, uh, I would give it up it for her. You know, it was a noon time. We went to the noon man, 12 o'clock mass. I would go with her. But once the, the, the readings would kick in and I'm listening, and especially you get to homily, you start, you know, every time that I listen to some of the homilies, like that forgiveness seven times, 70 times, we just had it mm-hmm. recently. I was like, whoa. To me, that was like, this was 600 years before Islam? Mm-hmm. Why didn't we, you know, why didn't Islam build upon this? Mm-hmm. They went back two steps. That's, or, so that's what, it, that's how it hit you. One at a time. That wasn't the only one. I mean, I'm talking about, that's just an example. Oh yeah. Yes. That's just an example. Yeah. So it wasn't just when you were at mass at that time before you converted, it wasn't just intellectually, but it was also hit, touching your faith as well. Yes. Once I came out you know, from math, I was like, oh, man, that was good. <laughs> but again, Satan was fighting me because he didn't want me to go. Mm. Then I remember mm-hmm. that. I remember I had to kind of like, then I had to tell myself, you know, the, the readings and homilies are good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when you, when you go through the RCIA process, and I assume you, you got baptized and confirmed at the same time. Correct. Like the, um, was it also one of those Easter Sunday yes. services? Yes. What do you remember the most about that? <laughs> the water was cold. <laughs> <laughs> was it, it was at nighttime? Was it the vigil mass? So it yes, was cold. it was vigil mass and it, was, and it was so short. Oh, really? Yeah, I was like three hours. You're kidding me. This was three hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it went by quickly for it you. It went by quickly. Uh, I remember Deacon uh, Le- uh, Leonard, he was just, he was nervous making sure I'm not going away. He was grabbing my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> You're here. You're finally here after 17 years. We're not going to lose you at the finish line. Right. <laughs> and I remember Father Kuma. And then I remember taking uh, the communion for the first time. I'm like, am I doing this right? Don't, don't forget to do this. Don't forget... And I think I kind of like came back and forgot to say amen or something. I'm like, I messed up. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was very important to you. Yes. And I was nervous. Uh, of course, I'm, 
that you've seen. I mean, that's me. It takes time for me to get comfortable. Now, when you when you decided to convert, did you tell any of your your Muslim friends? No. So you kept it a secret. Yes. Oh wow! What was that like? Horrible. Really. Very horrible. Yes. So you weren't going to the mosques because of you know the reasons you said earlier, right? But you kept this facade that you were still a practicing, you know, or you you were still by name. They they caught on. They knew there was something going on. Really? Yes. Why is that? Because I defended this, you know Christianity for a couple of times. Mm. This man they started bashing. I'm like, mm, you're wrong. You don't know a thing. I told one of my friends that I really have respect for him. I just listened to him, listened to him, and I said, no, you're wrong. You don't know. I told him, you don't know Christianity. So with these friends, they, they realize it, but did anyone, you know, come out and say, hey, oh, you're converting, aren't you? Or um, you've already converted, huh? I don't know. For some reason, um, I've always had a healthy respect among my friends, mm -hmm. so they would stop. Okay. That was, it was a mutual, you know, they understood because I mutually respected their, their beliefs. Their beliefs. Uh -huh. It would have stopped right there. Okay. So the, you weren't chastised or anything like that? No, not at all. That's good. Not at all. As a matter of fact, later on, I remember, you know, some of them, they stopped talking about it. Mm. But because I had defended, if I hadn't said mm. anything, if Out I Out of respect for you. Correct. Mm -hmm. But I told one of my friends, and he's a Muslim, I said, yeah, I'm going through diaconate. And I told him later on, I'm dead. I'm a deacon now. Mm -hmm. He's fine with it. Okay. Now you said in one of your homilies that that you had even kept it a secret at work. That was that was it. That's, that was those your mm -hmm. those were your work friends. Right. Okay. What about the other uh, the other people that you said that you know while you were praying as as a Muslim would give you the the piercing eyes? So I thought, as I said, uh, because it was hard for them. There were some good Christians over there in, uh, in this was especially in Tulsa, that uh -huh. was the case, because I, at the time I was in a cubicle uh -huh. and everybody else is looking at you while you're praying. There was no place to go. Yeah, they and, can just peek uh, over and see what you're doing. Yeah. Correct. So you're over there and praying. You go to the bathroom, you're, you know, you have to wash, they call it wazoo. You have to do wash certain way, take your shoes off and everything. Mm. They're looking at you. And then when you come, you take your shoes off, you have your prayer. Uh, I guess Matt and everything else, and uh, they're looking at you. And uh, this is Oklahoma back in 1995, 1996. It's mm -hmm. a different environment. Very tolerant, though. They didn't, again, I had a healthy respect because I was respectful to them. They were respectful to me. So it's me. a mutual respect Correct. For, for each other's beliefs. Yeah, it was more, I think, on my, on my part. Mm. You were just afraid that they were thinking of you that way. I believe so. I was more of that. Okay. Now, what, what year did you convert? 2011. 2011. So let's rewind 10 years before that, 9-11. Um, did you have any experiences after, you know, the, the attacks on New York? Uh, do you know, um, I'm kind of, um, I guess, fortunate because my accent is not as thick. And I kind of learned the way to dress up over here. So I don't kind of stand, I didn't stand out. Uh -huh. On top of that, I was always clean shaven and they can tell, I never had any experience, any negative ones myself. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, my boss that same day came to two of us that were Muslims and said, guys, just uh, let me know and I'll take care of you. Mm. And just, I'll protect you and everything. I know you guys. 
and uh, there, it's going to be bad. The tensions are going to be high. Yeah. For any reason, just let me know. So it was guys. Everybody was nice. That's good. Did you know anybody who had any bad experiences or me? Really? Not from other people. My first thing was that when that happened, I said I came to this country to escape that. They came here. I don't care who you are. You have no justification to kill people who are going to work in the morning. Mm-hmm. So that must have uh, been very difficult for you, huh? It was. I cried multiple times. So let's go back to 2011, and you've converted. Now, you didn't just live your life as a Catholic man. You're now a deacon. So when did that start to come in, that you decided, <laughs> I'm going to take that, that step and look into the diaconate? Well, um, a few years later, we a year or two, maybe less than that, we um, moved. So our house was closer to here. And my kids were going to school, you know, to, I guess, CC and all the other functions, to youth group here. So for me, it was kind of hard. I was sometimes going three times to church. Mm. And I was also involved at the time. I'm like, you know, it's easier to go 12 minutes rather than 25 minutes uh-huh. <laughs> driving all the way over there. So we decided, okay, maybe it's better to change, you know, uh, I guess I would say parishes. But I love Father Kuma, of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. And we kept our relationship very close. Uh, so I'm going to church in here. I'm helping out. I started with like, oh, okay, I can do leg. I can be a lector. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a very good one, but uh, I, I started being a lector. Then after that, uh, I remember Deacon Art one day, he kept asking me, Sam, you can be in an EOM. I was like, well, I'm, I have not been commissioned yet. So he said, you need to be. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I was, next thing I knew, back then they call it EOM, uh-huh. became EOM. And then after that, I'm like helping with like CCE and I'm like in uh, you know, like uh, uh, the acts and all these things, you know, one at a time, I'm just helping. And so every time, you know, the priest turn around, Father John, he sees Sam. <laughs> so so where, where did you go to acts? I did. Go, actually, I was in 2011, believe it or not. That was like first year I went to acts uh, right here, St. Bartholomew. Okay. Wow. And what was that like? Do you know, uh, I had already had my experience, mm. but I think Acts, Acts kind of like gave me the uh, mission. It gave me the like sense of purpose and to be a servant. So mm. the service came into front. Until then, I was kind of like, okay, let me go, you know, be a good Catholic. Mm-hmm. How are you going to be a good Catholic? Oh, service. Yeah, I need to so give back. Acts kind of help you direct your faith. More than more so than I thought at the time, yes. Okay. How do you finally realize that ooh, maybe I should look into the diaconate? I did not. Oh, really? <laughs> I, was, I was thrown into it again. <laughs> <laughs> again? Was it your wife again? Who? No. <laughs> this time it was Father John first. Father John, uh, this is like the ministry week. Remember, they would come and have that, uh, you know, the talk. So Father John starts talking, coming down the aisles. Remember, he used to come down. Uh-huh. So, for example, here Sam decides to go into, you know, diaconate. And I'm just looking at him. I'm like, oh, come on, Father John. So <laughs> stuck with me. The very next year, we had the same week again. And then there comes Father. Then we, we, we changed, uh, you know, uh, pastors and we have Father Wayne. And Father Wayne has just got to know me. He turned around and said the same thing. Oh, so the same thing about diaconate. <laughs> and I was just looking at him. I, I, I smiled and my kids are you know, just looking at me like, okay, this is a rerun. So I go out. I'm like, did you talk to Father John? <laughs> Father <laughs> Wayne said, no, I was serious. Come and talk to me. 
Mm. I looking at him, I was like, I was, it's been three years, three and a half years, you know, I was like, how can I be a Catholic de a deacon? Uh -huh. I, I never thought because I, I thought, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't think I was worthy. I did not think that I could do a good job. And also thought that this was too hard. It's going to be hard for me. I'm getting older. Mm -hmm. So I went and talked to him. He said, consider it. So we come out and my wife says, listen, Let's go to that, whatever, introductory night. So meanwhile, we had a Deacon Michael coming over that, uh, you know, he had been going through the formation, you know, Father Wayne was the person that sponsored him. So he came and talked to us. I actually got scared talking to him. Really? Yeah, because he told me, hey, it's going to be tough. <laughs> <laughs> he was right, though. <laughs> That's what I hear, the deacons that have come on, the permanent deacons. So he said, oh, it's going to be tough. And then... Uh, I asked, you know, Deacon Bill, Deacon Bill said, have you thought about being an acolyte? <laughs> it's very tough. Well, I said, oh. And they're just, you know, being nice because they see four kids and family. Uh -huh. And then talk to Father, you know, David. David goes, have you thought about being an acolyte? <laughs> <laughs> so even they, even they were saying that, huh? Because they knew it was going to be tough. Wow. And I was like, well, you know, and I'm just thinking, I was like, oh, you know, being an acolyte is good. Maybe I, was, I should be an acolyte. Uh -huh. uh, but then... I, uh, my wife, you know, told me, listen, you know, you don't have to commit per se. The first commitment is good. Let's go to the information night. So we did go. Mm -hmm. And then they told us about, you know, okay, you know, you got to do these things that, but when I commit, I commit. I don't just commit to say, okay, go halfway and that's it. When I commit is you get a finish. Uh -huh. There's a finish line. So if I'm going for, that's why I haven't run the marathon yet. <laughs> oh, because you, you, you'll be all in. Yes. Ten, yeah, ten hours later, I'll be crawling. But regardless, so that's, that's, what I, that's what I was thinking. So I started, you know, praying in the mornings on the way to work and went to the first two years. First two years. And I still, I'm still thinking I'm not worthy. Now we change another, you know, pastor. We have Father um, uh, Chris, uh, Chris come in, Christopher. And uh, he actually thought about, you know, Sam is not doing enough. So he, he sent me to be an acolyte eventually. Okay. <laughs> so I, I became an acolyte about six, seven years ago. And, uh, but anyways, we started our formation. And then the first two years is when you get your letters, at least at that time. It's changing a little bit. Uh -huh. uh, I really thought I was not, not going to get accepted. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was one of the two persons that messed up the... Oh, uh, psych, psych test I had to come back from somebody from Denver had to come in and retest me. Oh, retest it because there was an error in the test? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> so I thought, man, these guys are like, they're not going to have me, you know. It's like, I, I don't deserve it. But I got in. So wow. I was really, I was, I was like, well, thank God. I'm just going to, you know, like I got my letter. I'm just going to still kneel on my kneel on my knees and uh, thank God for these two beautiful years, one year of going formation and getting to see all these people and learning all these things about my faith. I'm a better person. I can serve better. Uh -huh. I was thinking all these things that I was going to do in parish, I get my letter. And all my friends already had opened their letters. There's four of us going through this, right? They all has, they have opened their letters and they're telling us what happened to them. And I'm like, oh boy. Now I'm nervous. <laughs> what happened with theirs? They... Uh, well, I mean, one of the guys got in conditionally, two, and one was postponed. Not going to name names, okay. but, but, but all of us are now, uh -huh. you know, in where we were supposed to be. Yes. God's will. And yes. all of us are doing really well. Exactly. Uh -huh. uh, so anyhow, so I, and I'm just thinking to myself, man, 
these guys are awesome. You know, I'm nobody. I'm not going to get in. Uh-huh. Well, guess what? I'm in. I got emotional. I had to stop. I couldn't talk. Wow. I told my wife, not because, oh, I'm happy I'm in. I'm like, he wants me to go all the way, Father. Our Father up in heaven, he wants to go all the way. I don't think I'm worthy. Wow. So I think my wife said, you're not worthy. Yes, but you've been told so. You've been told to do this. <laughs> so go with it. Take it one day at a time. Did you think, oh, because of my background, they're not going to, I'm not going to get in. Or I, I wasn't cradle Catholic. I'm not going to get in. But... Well, I had all kinds of excuses for myself not to get in. Uh-huh. For one thing, be honest with you, I thought I wouldn't make a good deacon. Why? Because at that time, especially, you know, uh, sometimes I get, you know, I freak, I, get, I freak out and I forget words. I can't even get up in front of everybody up there and, you know, give a homily, uh-huh. you know, or, you know, I can mess up, man. I can just say something that all of a sudden everybody goes like, that's not Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> you might accidentally, accidentally give a heresy of some sort. Exactly. <laughs> because I did that at the beginning. And then I, I tried to, you know, like explain Trinity and uh-huh. everything I said, my wife says, nope, nope. Then I realized when I was studying, oh, they're all heretical. <laughs> so, yeah. So you got accepted. And how long is the process from there? Four years. Four years. At any point, did you think, oh, I'm, I'm going to come out of this. It's not going to. Or when you came in, did you say, oh, this is, I'm going to go all the way? No, I, I, I come in, as I said, I said, I'm going to go all the way. Mm-hmm. And it's up to God whether or not. Correct. But there were times it was very hard, very hard on the family. Mm. What, what was, why was it hard on the family? Was the time commitment? Everything. Because they had to share their father. Mm. How old were your kids at this point? I had, uh, at this point, I guess uh, I had one kid that was, she was about to finish college. Mm-hmm. I had one kid that was in college, two of them. And I had one kid that was actually in grade, uh, in junior high. Junior high, okay. And you had to, you know, split your time. Correct, correct. And that was the hardest part of, of the formation. All the classes and everything like that, you had to, you had all that commitment. Not just that. Actually, classes, they're the only times that, you know, all throughout, I, I have, I don't want to be boasting, but I have my master's in engineering, mm-hmm. right? I remember daydreaming in all classes. I always had to leave class, go learn afterward on my own. I couldn't stand it. Mm-hmm. This was the only time that every class I was 100% in class. Mm. I, I can't explain it. I could have had four hours of sleep the night before. I, wasn't, I could not sleep. I was awake during the class. So my wife always said, man, I can't understand you because <laughs> like, we have to take the classes together. You know, she committed also. Uh-huh, yes. Yeah. You're, you're taking all these classes and finally throughout the seven years, did you look back and say, wow, I, I made it this far. I'm actually going to go all the way. Believe it or not, I think I'm going to bring it up. People need to know. Satan starts attacking you. Mm. Things happen in your life. You never thought it would happen. And you just have to go, you have to rely on God. But I could say it wasn't just, you know, on my own either. I, I could really feel people's prayers at times. It's very hard, but um, we got through it as family. Now, I didn't ask you earlier, you, um, your parents and your, your side of the family, when you converted, how did they take that? Very well. 
Really? I had no problem. They were not even on my mind that they're going to be like, yeah, no, no problem. So they were respectful of, the, of your your desire to convert? Very much. How did they react when you became, uh, you know, when you were going through the diaconate? I think at the beginning, my father knew what was going on. Uh, he's got Alzheimer's and I haven't seen him in five years. I can't go back to Iran uh, for the reasons that you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not a free country. And uh, my mother's got her issues with health, but she's the caretaker for my father and it's very hard at times. I forgot your uh, uh, question, I'm sorry. <laughs> how, how they took it when you- Oh yeah, they, they took it really well at the beginning. and. But my father doesn't know now. And you tell him he'll forget five minutes later. Mm-hmm. My mother, they knew it. They knew They knew when I start something, I finish. Mm-hmm. Both of them, my sister and my mother, they know me. And my wife by now, she knows me too. <laughs> so, yeah. Did they ever have any desire to come here to the United States to follow you? Actually, my mom and dad, they're American citizens. They left to come back here to come to stay. Uh-huh. But then COVID hit and my father... So he can't even be in the airport more than air, you know, more than an hour before he starts freaking out. You know, Alzheimer's is very cool. Oh yeah, it is very cool. Yes, yeah, that's terrible. And I and I share this because I know other people that are going through the same similar experience. Through my ministry, I can see that. So they need to know that hey, you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. That that you, it happens to a lot of people. They Correct. Have relatives and, yeah, wow. Must be very difficult on your mom. It is very difficult. Very difficult. Um, it's very difficult now. Also, we were able to up to a year ago uh, to go into in, uh, on the internet and WhatsApp and other applications. Uh-huh. We were able to talk, but now government has really uh, limited the access to internet, so it's very hard to see them. Uh, so we get to talk on the phone, but it's kind of hard for my mother not to be able to see us. Mm. Yes. And she's, you know, taking care of your dad and, and his condition. That's very difficult. It's amazing that he still rem- remembers me really well. Mm. He does, especially with voice. Mm. And, uh, very, he's very proud of me. Oh, that's <laughs> like, good. Yeah. That's good. Now you go through the, the whole diaconate formation. You make it to the finish line. Do you remember anything about your ordination? Oh, gosh. You know, the good thing is my wife doesn't take it personal. I don't remember having the feeling that I had when any other time in my life, rather than just that was the only time I've had that feeling. And I had another similar closer, you know, like I would say, yeah, feeling to it when I was in the hospital, but, but this is about ordination. Uh, when the Cardinal laid his hand on me, on my head, mm-hmm. first of all, I had to close my eyes. I wanted to close my eyes so I can take it in. I didn't want any, any, because I know myself. If I'm looking at something, I'm not paying attention. Distraction. Uh No visual distraction. So I closed my eyes, but I realized I forgot to breathe. There was this immense energy flowing through you. And you can't think of anything, but think very little. You feel you're very little. Uh, and what helped was when we do, you know, procrastinate, you basically prostrate yourself. Yes. And then I, I realized that that is the reason to be able to be open to the Holy Spirit. So really this started, when I, I remember when I was prostrated on the floor, I had a hard time because it was very hard and very cold. Uh-huh. So I was tense. And then 
I relaxed as the prayers went on. And then I was open to the Holy Spirit. When I got up, I was ready. And then when I was the first person in line that night. So when Cardinal lays his hand on my head, I, I can't explain it. I don't know. But I know all my other friends had the same feelings. They had different reactions, but the same thing going through their body. It took me a while before I could breathe. Because I kind of like lost all kind of, you know. Wow. <laughs> uh, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful sensation. What was the first thing your wife said to you after the ordination? Do you remember? It wasn't not what she said. It was her eyes. Mm. Like, just like when you told her you were thinking about converting, it was the eyes. It was the eyes. <laughs> As I said, she's not much of a, she doesn't talk. What about your kids? Did they say anything? In oh, particular? they said a lot of stuff. Dad, good job. All these things, you know. Uh -huh. <laughs> I was like, uh, I think they, 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 they didn't high five me, but close enough. And uh, yeah, that was beautiful. The, the funny thing was I never practiced or I didn't know how to actually give blessing to people. <laughs> No, they're asking me. I'm like, how do we do that? I don't know. <laughs> we didn't have a blessing 101 there. <laughs> As a, a permanent deacon, what are what are the responsibilities that you have? So you you can do baptisms. You, I can, yes. You can do weddings. Yes. As well. But we don't do it in this church. Uh, uh, priests do that, yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's it's something that you could do. Correct. Okay. And then holy water, correct? Correct. Okay. And then I understand you're supposed to have a, as part of a, you know, the, the diaconate, you have to be, you have to have a ministry. Right. And my, yeah, my ministry is in, in Encompass, Katie. It's a rehab center. It's uh, for people who have been through accidents or they've had strokes or things of that sort. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, elderly, they fall, they live by themselves. You know, it's very common. Uh -huh. They break their hip or something, then they are there to go into the physiotherapy, so... It's, it's actually very awesome. <laughs> so when you do your duties as a deacon, is there any time like, let's say, baptism or something like that, that, that it just hits you? Oh, I can't believe it. I'm, I'm, I'm a permanent deacon. I can, I can do these things. Well, as a permanent deacon, I got to uh, the first baptism I did uh -huh. as, uh, was my own grandchild. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. That must have hit you, you know, really hard, huh? It wasn't more of, more of a healing, but I would say peace. Mm. I was not, you know, I, I really liked it. I, I, I thought, man, I could do this every weekend. <laughs> I oh, could do this fantastic. every day. Yeah. That's fantastic. Now, looking back on your journey from, you know, uh, growing up Muslim, not Christian, having certain ideas about Christianity and Christians, and then, you know, finally converting and becoming a deacon, what... What would you say to somebody, and, and not just somebody who's Muslim, but somebody of another faith who's actually, you know, thinking of converting, but doesn't want to take that step, that's kind of in denial, like you were at one point, what would you say to them if they were thinking about converting? I know where they come from. First thing is first, they got to realize our conversion is about seeking truth and salvation. And it's not just salvation of your soul. It's other souls that can be you know, saved through you. So you're responsible for those souls that are waiting. Realize that it's not Team Islam, Team Christianity. 
it's about team God. Mm. And what is the true path that you got to take to get to the Lord? Don't tiptoe, don't step sideways or whatever. It's not going to happen to you. You got to make it happen. Well, it happened to me, but anyways, <laughs> <laughs> not everybody has a wife like mine mm. or pastor like Father Wayne. <laughs> now, what uh, advice would you have to somebody who say, for example, their friend is thinking about it and may, they might not have, you know, um, they might not be at peace or might not um, like it that their friend is converting or a loved one is? Uh, like, okay, if they're Muslim and their friend is converting? Or, or any other religion? Uh, yeah, well, I personally don't feel, I don't know, it depends. I mean, conversion to Christianity, yes. if they're not comfortable with it. Uh, I would tell them the same thing. I would tell them, if you think deep enough and put that aside and don't think for a second that everything that they tell you is coming from God and realize that there are other lies in there, then you're going to have to think about it. What is the truth? It's all about the truth. Now, after you converted and became a deacon, did you have uh, have any other friends who looked to you and said, oh, you know, is there something, there might be something to this. Has anyone approached you like that? Yes. Yes. Uh, sometimes they're not even friends, but they come to me and they talk. They do. And it's good because I kind of reinforce it, but I try not to enforce it. Mm. Because once you do that, first of all, uh, the people's natural reaction is to dig their heel in. Yeah, they get That's defensive. what I did for 17 years, mm. right? So I know it, it, take, <laughs> it takes one to know one, right? Yeah. But at the same time, you cannot just say, eh, let it be. You need to show them, nudge them, maybe not even nudge, but want them to be thirsty for it. It's not easy. That's not easy. If you could go back and uh, give your wife some advice about, you know, her hoping that you'd become, uh, uh, you know, you'd convert. What would you say to her? Or to somebody who, who has a, uh, a spouse that they're hoping might convert? What would you say to them? Actually, as, as I just said, don't be too forceful. Don't be too forceful. Same thing. Yeah. Once she started not being forceful, it was right. Yeah. It changed because you have to... Um, there was a priest in uh, Oklahoma, Father Gallus, that he told me adamantly. He's like, listen, you know, stay close to God. Read Koran. Stay close to God you know, the way your way is, but just to stay close to God mm. and pray. I'll tell you what, that's where my conversion started because I started from reading Koran. So he, the, it was the, the priest who told you to read more of the Koran. Right. Oh, interesting. Back in... 1998, 1997, wow. I think, 1977, you know. Uh -huh. It's kind of hazy. It was a while back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, you know, for, for sitting down with us and for, you know, telling your story. It, it, you know, it's, I know there's some touchy parts to the story, but, but, but we thank you so much for, for, for everything that you do. You know, not just, not just for today for being here, but also, you know, for everything you do for St. Bart's. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I uh, also ask uh, the Lord to, as I said, I don't feel I'm worthy, but uh, also ask Lord to watch over you guys and uh, help you with your ministry, what you're doing. It's a ministry. And also help us, all of us, to understand that uh, what we do here is only 
to do God's work. None else, just God's work. Amen. Amen.